Well, thank you for joining us here uh, on Wednesday evening. I'm, we're going to continue on in our study, our look through the catechism that we've been going through with the children in the back, and our series here is called Truth for Living. And this theme that we've been going over throughout this uh, recent time has been about the greatness of God. And so we're asking questions and looking into the different attributes of God and his greatness. And so tonight we're going to continue on with that, and we'll be on question eight, almost finishing out the theme of greatness of God with ten questions, and then following into the next theme, which will be the goodness of God. So this is a, mo uh, a focus really on his attributes and who God is in relation to us. So let's go through briefly through the first seven questions and review the questions, the answers, uh, the supporting scriptures, and then we'll continue on with question eight tonight. So question one uh, was, does God reveal in his word that he is greater than us? And the answer, being the shortest of all the answers so far, is yes. And there's... Not much more you could say about that other than, yes, God is greater than us. And the word says that. Isaiah 55, verses 8 through 9 reads, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. We continued on with question 2. What is our great God like? And the answer was, our great God is invisible, eternal, all-powerful, all-wise, and always everywhere at once. And so we're delving in now in question two with exploring the greatness of God. And that final part of answer two is what we'll be talking about tonight, that God is always everywhere at once. The supporting Verse for this was Job 40, verse 9. Have you an arm like God, and can you thunder with a voice like his? Question 3, did God ever have a beginning, or will he have an end? The answer was no. God is eternal. He, is always, he always has been alive, and he always will be alive. And so we discussed the eternality, the, the infinite uh, qualities of God and how he is eternal. He was not created, but instead, uh, he, so he is, goes beyond, he has no beginning, no end. We saw that in Revelation 1, 8, when Christ says that, I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Question four, continuing on, says, Does the Lord ever give up, get tired, or change in any way? The answer being no, the Lord is unchanging, eternally great in every way. And so we discussed how God doesn't change, and we discussed the uh, theological terms of what it is for God to be immutable and for him to be impassable, that God doesn't change and God is not um, convinced or, or swayed by emotion as we are. 
Um, we can easily be changed in our mind, changed in how we feel or how we think in the split second, but God does not change. In Malachi 3.6, in the beginning of that verse, God says, For I, the Lord, do not change. Continuing on to discuss our great God, we looked at his substance. Question five, does God have a body like human beings do? And the answer was no. God is a spirit. He's invisible to human eyes. And we discussed that God was not material like we are and that he was not created and that he is with his own unique substance of being a, being spirit, that God is a spirit and not material. The reference for that was from John 4, verse 24. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The next question we continued on with, how powerful is God? The answer being, God is omnipotent, which means that he is all-powerful and can do anything he pleases. So we explored how God is infinite, and but we focused on how he is all-powerful and that he could do all things and nothing. He does not tire like we do. He does not exert some sort of energy, but at the moment, God can do as he pleases. In Jeremiah 32, verse 17, the reference was said, Lord God, it is you who have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and by your outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. And two weeks ago, we went over our most recent question with what does God know? And we went through and discussed another omni word. There's three omni words that help describe God's infinite being. The answer was God is omniscient, which means he knows all things, even the secrets of our hearts. The reference was John, 1 John 30, or 1 John 3:20b. God is greater than our heart, and he knows everything. And so we discussed how God knows all that happens. He knows it outside of time. He's not constricted by time. But most importantly, he even knows the secrets of our hearts. And that he knows our hearts better than we know our hearts. So that brings us to tonight's question, which is, where is God? Would anybody like to take a stab at answering where is God everywhere okay yes the answer is God is omnipresent which means that he is everywhere all the time and so as I mentioned before we're going to be going through another the third omni word the first being omnipotent and or omnipotent and the second being omnipresent or omni omniscient and then tonight we're going to discuss um, that God is omnipresent so the reference for tonight is Jeremiah 23:24 can a man hide himself in secret places so that I cannot see him declares the Lord 
Do I not fill heaven and the earth, declares the Lord? And so tonight we're going to discuss uh, the aspects of God's presence and how he is omnipotent, or sorry, omnipresent. I'm getting all my omnis uh, tied up. So tonight we're going to discuss God's omnipresence. So what does omnipresent mean? And so that means that he is all present. He is everywhere at once. God is present everywhere. His, and his omnipresence is, means that he transcends all limitations of space and time. He's not restricted to his creation. And he is present in the fullness of his being in every place, but in varying ways. So this is another one of God's unique attributes, that only God himself can be omnipresent. And just like um, how he is all-powerful and he is all-knowing, this is another unique attribute that is not communicable to his creation. There are some things that are uh, transferable or uh, communicable to his creation, us being made in his image, but this is one that only he can be everywhere at once. And so because God created the heavens and the earth, and through his son, he continues to sustain all of creation, he is present to the whole creation and to its parts. So he is everywhere at once in all of his being. And he is, remember going back, that God is spirit and he is not material. So even though God is present everywhere, he is not always perceived everywhere. He is not always revealed everywhere. He can be fully present, but yet be hidden from our eyes, be hidden from his creation. And he can also make his presence known or felt through either blessing or judgment. So the first aspect of God's omnipresence is that God is everywhere. God transcends all spatial limits. He transcends, he goes past, he is not affected by some spatial he limits. He doesn't necessarily he he doesn't have dimensions. He is not constrained by uh, the way that we think about this physical world, how we measure things or how we um, fill, think about filling a water bottle. It's not as though he needs to fill anything, but his presence transcends all creation. And so God is present also throughout all of the heavens and the earth and all of his creation. All of God is in all places and not just parts of him. He's not fragmented like his, you know, if we're to, um, to think of him in a physical way, it's not as though his left side is in this part of the world and his right side is in the other part of the world. But instead, all of his entire being 
is present everywhere. And so it's, we can't think of it also as something that is fixed or he is, you know, he's stationary, but he's dynamic in the way that he works, in that way that he relates to his creation. And also that we have to remember that God is infinite. And so he cannot be measured, even in or thought about in some sort of dimensional way. He does not have physical dimensions, and that in his spirit is everywhere. And God is unlimited in, or infinite in regards to time and space. And so he is everywhere in time. He is in everywhere in uh, space, in physical location. God is not limited by his creation. We see this when Solomon is dedicating the temple and talking about the temple that he built that his father uh, was commanded to build in 1 Kings 8.27, Solomon says, But will God indeed dwell on the earth? Behold, heaven and the highest heaven cannot contain you. How much less this house that I have built. And so he was recognizing that the entirety of who God is couldn't be reduced down to just putting God in a in a box or in in a temple but instead he recognized that God was everywhere and that his even his potential of who he is his infinite being couldn't even be contained in his creation we see this also with um, how Paul was explaining and talking and preaching in Athens when he was talking about how God is and he was explaining when they had this altar or this, this monument to this unknown God. Paul says that in Acts 17, 24, the God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man. And so that is a big contrast between all of the false religions, all of these uh, pagan religions who idolize uh, made objects, man-made things. They think that, um, that their gods or who they worship are, that can, can be contained in a space. But Paul goes and explains that God can't be contained by, by the creation, but instead he doesn't live in temples made by man, but his, his dwelling place is outside of creation. And so one thing that we must also understand is there's a concept that is that God is some sort of watchmaker. And this is a false idea, thinking that God somehow just created world, the world and then just looks down and that he's, you know, far from us. But God is, in fact, present with us. And he is also not in everything. There's another uh, false belief 
that is found in New Age and Eastern uh, religions and Eastern thought that about called pantheism, saying that God is in everything. And so that would be to say that the creation is a part of God. But God is separate from his creation in the way that he is, in the, he is not in his creation, but he is present with creation. God is, is everywhere, but not in everything. Psalm 113, 4 through 6. The Lord is high above all nations, and his glory above the heavens. Who is like the Lord our God, who is seated on high, and who looks down far on the heavens and the earth? And so God is outside of creation, but he is also present in creation. And he is all-knowing, as we talked about two weeks ago. We know that God knows about all of his creation intimately. Deuteronomy 10, 14, Moses says, Behold, to the Lord your God belong in heaven and the heaven of heavens, the earth with, and all that is in it. God is everywhere. Another aspect is that God is unlimited. He does not have size or spatial dimensions. He is present in every point of space and time with his whole being. But he often, he acts differently in different places, meaning he reveals himself through judgment or through blessing. But he, he does not react, but according to his, who he is, his presence is revealed differently. The fact that God is Lord of all of time and space, but he's not limited to it, is evident from the fact that he created it. He, he's outside of creation because he created it. And he is Lord of all because he created it. The creation of the world implies that there was also creation of space. So before Genesis 1-1, before that, before God spoke creation into existence, we couldn't think about there being a physical or a creation. So God is not something that is like we are, material, but instead God is spirit. And so we also know that there's no indication that part of God is just in one space. But instead, we know that all of God is in everywhere. He does not have dim dimensions, and he cannot be contained by any space. Another aspect of God being omnipresent is that he makes his presence known. He makes his presence known to uh, people who he decides to make it known to, and he has revealed himself in different ways. We know that God is being 
God is everywhere. He's omnipresent, but that is compatible in that it's still, uh, there's still a compatibility with God revealing himself and having uh, revelations or manifestations of his presence. We see this in the Old Testament throughout different ways. We see that through the incarnation of Jesus Christ. We see that also with the presence of the Holy Spirit in believers. Exodus 29, 45, God says, I will dwell among the people of Israel, and I will be their God. He makes his presence known to his people. He says that he will dwell with his people. And we see that with different times throughout the Old Testament even from the garden, that he walked with them, with Adam and Eve, that he was with Abraham and he made his presence known through when, when he passed over with the furnace and the torch. With, on the mountaintop with Moses, in the burning bush with Moses, and through passing by showing his glory to Moses with the pillar of smoke and fire throughout the tabernacle, all throughout as they traveled from Egypt to the Jordan. His presence was made known in the tabernacle. The Think of the fourth man in the furnace with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in Babylon. As they went in, there was a fourth man standing there. So there's many manifestations of God's presence throughout the Old Testament. We see God saying in Exodus 25:22 about the tabernacle and specifically about the Ark of the Covenant, there I will meet with you and from above the mercy seat and from and between the two cherubim that are on the Ark of the Testimony. I will speak with you about all that I will give you in the commandment for the people of Israel. God showed his presence and through blessing Israel by being a personal God to them. We see also that God shows and manifests his presence or makes his presence known through the incarnation of Jesus Christ. John 1, 14, John writes, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Colossians 1.19, For in him, being Jesus, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. Matthew 1.23, quoting Isaiah, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. God also shows and reveals his presence through the Holy Spirit. Jesus answered him in John 14, 23, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. He will send his spirit to those who believe on him and dwell 
within them. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 3.16 when talking about how we should treat our bodies. Paul says, Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? And so God makes his presence known by his Holy Spirit. Romans 8 verse 9, You, however, are not of the, in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if in fact the Spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. So we see that even though God is omnipresent and God is everywhere, and that his, his being cannot be contained by creation, he condescends himself down and shows himself. He reveals himself to people his people through different manifestations we see in the Old Testament and also through Jesus Christ being the expressed image of the invisible God and also now through his Holy Spirit being spirit dwelled with people. So God's presence is intimate. It's personal. There is God knows us not only does he come and dwell among us, but he knows and sees everything. In the Psalm 139, David talks about this. He, as he ex- talks about God's omniscience, his all-knowing, and his omnipresence, being that he is everywhere. In Psalm 139.7, David says, Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? He continues on to say, if I go to the mountaintops, you are there. If I go to the bottom of the sea, you are there. If I go to make my bed in Sheol, the place of the dead, you are there. God is with us. Isaiah 57, 15. For thus says the one who is high and lifted up, who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy, I dwell in the high and holy place, and also with him who is of a contrite and lowly spirit, to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. He makes his presence known to the lowly spirit, to the broken and contrite heart he does not despise. He makes his presence known on a personal one-on-one level. Not only just with the nation and the people at large of the people of his people, being his church, his body, and Israel, but also on a personal level. Jeremiah 23.23, the verse right before our verse, that a memory verse for the week, says, I Am I a God at hand, declares the Lord, and not a God far away? So often we might think of God as being somebody who is just so far away in heaven. He is so far from us. But that's not true. God is near. And God is not so far away. But instead, we can call on him, knowing that we have a confidence in his undivided presence. Psalm 
45:18 The Lord is near to all who call on him to all who call on him in truth The Lord is near to those who call on him we're reminded in James that we're to draw near to God and he'll draw near to you Of course we're using human languages to try to describe something that is beyond description of course, we think we could say, well, that means he is in one place, but we know that his presence is everywhere, but he makes his presence known to those who call on him. Jesus, after giving what is called the Great Commission in Matthew 28, he ends by saying, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. We know that we have the promise that God is with us. Just as God told Joshua that he will never leave him nor forsake him, we see in Hebrews 13, 5 through 6, that we can also take that truth and believe it for ourselves. Keep your life free from love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? We know that the Lord knows all things. He knows our needs. He knows what we think. He knows what, where our hearts are and that he's not far away. We can have confidence in his undivided presence. But there is also a warning that God being omnipresent, God being everywhere, we're to really be conscious of the fact that there's nothing hidden from God. Not only does God know our hearts and God knows our thoughts, but he sees everything and he is present in everywhere. Proverbs 15:3, the eyes of the Lord are in every place keeping watch on the evil and the good. And so there is a reward for those who, there's crowns stored up in heaven for those who do good, and there is wrath stored up for those who are not in Christ, who are continually evil, who are kicking at the goads, who are going against being enemies of God. And we cannot hide from his presence. We can't be like our first parents, Adam and Eve, and hide. Genesis 3, verse 8, And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. We know how that ends, how he says, Well, why are you hiding? God knew where they were. God knew their heart. But they still hid from him out of shame. And so sometimes we think we can hide what we do, do something in secret, not to be seen by anybody. We can hide in our houses, uh, but God is there, and God sees all that happens. God knows our hearts. And so we cannot hide from his presence. He is with us wherever we go. 
So we can look at this and know that God's presence sustains all of creation and all of the universe. Through Christ Jesus, he sustains and he upholds all of creation. And God reveals himself as either in judgment or blessing. And praise God, most of the, throughout the scriptures, we see that his presence is revealed to his people in blessing. In the presence of God, there is fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore, as Psalm 16 says. So we must look to God and and have confidence, knowing that he is with us wherever we go, knowing that he will never abandon us nor forsake us. He is with us to the end of the age. He has given his believers the seal of the Holy Spirit that his presence will dwell in us. So question eight being, where is God? The answer is, God is omnipresent, which means he is everywhere all the time. In our verse that the children will be memorizing in the back, as you are encouraged to look on, to meditate upon, to think about, Jeremiah 23, 24. Can a man hide himself in secret places so that I cannot see him, declares the Lord. Do I not fill heaven and the earth, declares the Lord. We know that darkness hates the light because their deeds are evil, and they hide away. They do things in the secret. But those who do the truth come to the light, so it would be made manifest that their deeds were rotten God. So let us look to Christ, knowing that his presence is with us, that he is Emmanuel, and that we can trust in God and look to his greatness, knowing that he is greater than us, And that it is a blessing that we can be called people of God, children of God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, that you have revealed yourself. Throughout history, you have revealed yourself in many ways. And you have revealed yourself through the Son, Christ Jesus. That we may know you. That we may know him and know you the Father. And I pray, Lord, that by your presence of your Holy Spirit in us, that you would continue to guide us and continue to strengthen us, continue to convict us of our our sin, continue to be with us and make your presence known to us, that we can have confidence that your undivided presence is with your people that we can look to you having hope in you, knowing that you are an ever-present help in a time of need. Lord, I pray that you would use uh, these scriptures to work in our hearts to sanctify us, to be made more like your Son, Christ Jesus, who relied on you and did everything according to your will. Lord, I pray that we would uh, be able to Communicate and talk to the children about these truths that they are learning and use this tool to help strengthen and edify families. 
and strengthen and edify us. And as we continue on to go through this truth of knowing you more, that we would be able to talk about how great you are. I pray this all in Christ's name. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us in person, and thank you for joining us online. Have a great evening.